All right, don't panic. I'm not singing. I'm not going to dance. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're uh, continuing our uh, series, uh, Hashtag Blessed. And we've been uh, t- today, uh, you know, we're looking at the uh, Beatitudes. That's what we've been looking at. There are eight attitudes, Jesus says, that are keys to being blessed and uh, keys to experiencing happiness in our lives. And these are all attitudes that deal with our relationship with God and our relationship with others. And uh, today we're specifically talking about pure heart. You know, Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. You know, that uh, pure heart, what's that mean? Well, you know, in the Greek, it carries the idea of uh, unmixed motives. And uh, in other words, if you're a person of integrity in your life, you don't say one thing and then do something just the opposite of it. Uh, your, your words and actions actually align. And God is concerned about what you do. I think most of us get that. But God is also concerned about why you do what you do. In other words, motives matter. Motives matter. Jesus said this, uh, Matthew 6, this says, Be especially careful when you're trying to be good so that you don't make a performance out of it. It might be good theater, but the God who made you won't be applauding. Is it possible to do good with the wrong motives? Absolutely. Absolutely. Jesus says that you are blessed. In other words, happiness comes your way when your motives and your actions are pure, when they sync up. When you're a person of integrity, you have a pure heart. And so I I know as I say pure heart, I mean, we live in this society that I think that's a bit foreign. Don't you, the idea of pure heart? In fact, I believe when people hear that, they, they actually think, oh, follow your heart. Or, you know, if it feels good, do it kind of mentality. And in other words, it always involves the heart being the guide in life. And too often, I think, when that's the case, it's kind of an excuse to do what you want. You know, it, it's an attempt to, to chase happiness and uh, Often we don't really have a a spiritual or a moral compass as we're chasing it. I was reading a uh, Gallup poll recently, and they discovered the number one stress factor in in life. And it wasn't a lack of time. It wasn't a lack of money. It wasn't stress from uh, relational conflicts in, in life. But they found the number one stress factor is incongruent values. In other words, saying that you believe one thing and living differently. I was thinking about the fact that our our values, where we get our values, we're kind of all over the map as a society. You know, we we go to... uh, look for guidance in places like uh, Vogue or 
GQ or Forbes or, you know, Ellen or Oprah, uh, the Kardashians, uh, you know, they become where we get our values, uh, Facebook, TikTok, TikTok, you know. But the fact is, sometimes I go, that's a little bit silly, isn't it? Because it's always in flux today. You know, what was right a year ago? changed. It's outdated. It's been canceled. And let's be honest, when we're making decisions in life, our tendency is to go with the heart, isn't it? True? We, We decide what we want, and then I call it backfilling, but we adjust our thinking our thought process to support the decision we want to make. And here's the rub. This is my observation. It doesn't mean it's right, but it's my observation. People chase happiness, and they follow their heart because they think that's going to make them happy. And ultimately, things get more and more complicated, and what I notice is people are anything but happy in that. Now, I'm, I'm going to date myself a little bit, but how many of you remember this? All right, all right. How many of you owned one of these when you were younger? All right, all right. As you can see, I still own one. <laughs> but Magic 8-Ball. So you'd ask it a question and then get an answer, Right? It makes decision-making very simple. Now, if you ask a question and you don't get the answer you want, what did you do? You reshake it. <laughs> oh, it must not have heard the question right. And so you shake it again. And, and you do that till you get the answer you want, right? People take important decisions every day. And, I mean, they don't really have a magic eight ball. But I think the process is about the same. You know, should should I ask them to marry me? Without a doubt. Should I take that job? Don't count on it. Should I buy the house? Sources say no. Should I buy the house? My reply is no. Should I buy the house? Absolutely. (laughs) And we live in a society that functions like this. It's almost as random as this. You know, people look until they find the answer they want in life. I see it all the time. You know, someone, uh, they go, do you think I should do such and such? And they go to a friend. That doesn't sound like a good idea. So they go to another friend and another friend. Should I do such and such? And they keep shaking it. 
until they get the answer they want and they go to the friend that goes, sounds okay to me, and off they go. And as they take that step and they follow their heart, what happens is there's tension inside. There's that nagging feeling. You know, should I do this? How's this going to turn out? And it's a heart condition. And friends, it messes people up all the time. You know, pure heart in the Greek is katharios. It specifically means to, to clear of dirt. In other words, to free from contamination. You know, Jesus says, pure heart. Pure heart will help you clarify things, not this. A pure heart will help you dial down the the stress in your life. It's a pure heart that is the key to happiness in life. And so the main reason I would suggest to you, some of you struggle. It's because your heart's contaminated. You know, let's just suppose for a moment that you're tired of stumbling around in life. Let's just pretend that you know there's some heart issues in your life and you realize there's some contamination. So so how do you get a pure heart? I I think I shared this uh, a while back, but when I was in college, uh, there was this big chess tournament on our campus and there were hundreds of people coming in from all kinds of different colleges, and they were going to be crowned, uh, the, the winner would be crowned master of the universe. And so we had a guy in my dorm, his name was uh, Tongo, and Tongo was from Haiti. And so a bunch of us went to the tournament to kind of support him in that. Now, I will tell you, none of us had ever been to a, a tournament a chess tournament in our lives and so we're like well what do we do so our idea was to paint our faces dress up and a couple of the guys in our dorm went as like he-man and skeletor and and uh that's not how people showed up but we did and uh we really looked like we were going to wwe instead of the tournament and um but tongo his first opponent we're watching And honestly, it seemed like he had just started. And he goes, checkmate. Every opponent that he faced early on, checkmate. He destroyed them all, one after another after another. Checkmate, checkmate, checkmate. And when it was all over, he was the reigning champ. And I'll I'll be honest with you. I don't think anybody even challenged him. He beat them with such ease. And I asked him later, I said, dude, you, you destroyed everybody. I said, you made it look really easy. How, how is that? And he goes, I could see their move before they made it. How do you get a pure heart? Well, friends, I think you've got to remember that God sees your every move before you even make it. There are no secrets And I'll be honest, that bothers me. I I do not like the fact that God sees everything, that he already knows. 
But for some reason, we think we can hide our moves from God. And I know the evil one gets in our head, and Satan's like, go ahead, go ahead, nobody will know. Well, friends, somebody knows. Hebrew writer says nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything's uncovered, laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Sometimes we think, oh, God didn't hear that. God didn't see that. God didn't see our move. But friends, we are wrong. Checkmate. You know, I, I heard about a uh, grandfather. He was struggling with his hearing, and, and so he was getting more and more deaf, and finally he went to see the doctor. The doctor said, oh, you need new hearing aids. And so doctor put him in. He said, you know, you ought to be able to hear everything now. And the grandfather's like, well, great, that's good. And so he went home. About a month later, he comes back for his checkup. The doctor goes, well, I bet your family is really excited with the new hearing aids. And he goes, I haven't told them. <laughs> he, he goes, I've just been sitting around listening to conversations. Had to go to the lawyer three times to have my will changed. Uh, you know, checkmate. Checkmate. You know, Isaiah says this is his woe to those who try to hide their plans from God. Who try to keep him in the dark concerning what they do. God can't see us. They say to themselves, he doesn't know what's going on. How stupid can they be? Pretty stupid, I think. You know, some of you, truth known, you're, you're into stuff that God detests. You know, some of you have made some moves, and you know it's wrong, and it eats you alive inside, and friends, God wants the behavior to stop. God, God wants you to, to take a different step, to change things. But when you remember that God sees every move you make, every move, checkmate. It changes how you live. And I think, why do we play this game seriously? We know God sees everything. God sees it even before we make the move. And I will tell you, this may sound really odd to you, but I think it's as much good news as it is sobering news. And, and here's why. Because you do not have to wonder, is God going to find out? God already knows. And I think there's a certain amount of freedom knowing that God already knows. Nobody else may, but God does. But I will tell you, God wants you to stop trying to cover it up. God wants you to come clean. God, God wants to actually liberate you. And so if you just come to God and say, you know what, I blew it. I blew it. I want to change. Please forgive me. God says, you know, I already know all about it. And I still love you. Let's start again. Let's reboot. See, remembering that God sees it all, I think helps motivate you. It helps motivate you to make the right move in your life. 
in those moments when you think, oh, nobody's going to know. It helps you to, to make the right move. It helps keep you in check in your life. And I believe it goes a long way to purifying the heart and cleaning it up. And there's something else I, I think that will help purify the heart. And that is just ask yourself, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Look at your motive. Motives are important. The Psalm or Proverbs uh, writes, says, you may say that it's none of your business, but God knows and judges your motives. He keeps watch on you. He knows, and he will reward you according to what you do. Now, if you read that real carefully, not only does God reward you based on what you do, but why you do it. Again, motive matters. Why do I do what I do? When I kind of peel back the layers in my life, I can get to my motives. Am I doing this to make myself look good? Am I, am I doing this so I can get so-and-so's approval? Am I doing this to, to ease my guilt about something? Am I doing it to, to get ahead? Am I doing it to make someone look bad? Friends, serious examination into your motives will help you clarify what your motives are. It'll purify your motives. You know, Jesus understood the, the need to purify motives. You know, he says, John 5, he says, I want only to please the one who sent me. That's, a, that's simple. I'm not saying it's simple to do, but that's pretty simple clarification there. You know, Jesus decided that the primary motive in his life was to please God. It, it simplified things in his life because he lived for an audience of one, and we talk about that often. It kept his motives pure. I think too many people spend their lives trying to play for an audience of hundreds. You know, Paul, Paul writes, he says, we're not trying to please people, but God who tests our heart. See, we're back to the heart. If, if you can settle that in your life, it, it pays in high dividends. It simplifies your life. It'll dial down the stress in your life. It'll keep your motives pure. It'll keep you doing what's right regardless of what other people think. And you will be blessed. You'll be blessed. Anybody want to be blessed? How do you make sure you don't have a hidden agenda? Because we all have hidden agendas. Well, the only way I know is you take it to God in prayer, whatever it is that you're dealing with. Jesus uh, did this uh, right before the cross in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he says, Father, remove this cup from me, but please, not what I want, not my will, but your will. What do you want, God? What do you want? Every time I read that, there, there are a couple things that just strike me in that. The first is that it is very evident to me 
that Jesus is struggling in that moment. He's struggling with what he's facing. And he's honest about how he's feeling. He's done the, uh, the internal investigation, so to speak. And he didn't want to go to the cross at that moment. He didn't want to be a sin sacrifice in that moment. He, he was wrestling with it. But the second thing that gets me here is Jesus was going to do what God wanted him to do. In other words, Jesus is basically saying, I'd kind of like to skip the cross right now. But if that's what you want me to do, then God, that's what I'll do. See, Jesus expressed what was going on inside him, his thoughts, preferences. And at the same time, he asked God to keep his motives pure, keep his heart pure. Now, I was thinking about how, how, do, you, how do you navigate that stuff? And here's a few, just a few questions. There, there are many more you could ask, but I think they'll, they'll help you uncover motive in whatever decisions you're making. You know, why do I really want to do this? Whatever it is. Do I have ulterior motives? To ask yourself that. What, what do I expect to get out of this? Here's a good one. I, th- I think it's a good one. Would I be okay if somebody else did this? Who am I trying to please? And then this really clarifies, what does God want me to do? See, all of those start peeling back and getting beneath the surface little by little. And friends, if you're going to have a pure heart, you you have to get your priorities in life straightened out. You, You really do. You really do. Exodus 20, verse 3, it says, you shall have no other God before me. I mean, it's the first uh, commandment of the Ten Commandments. You know, God says, I want the top spot. God says, I'm not going to play second fiddle to anything or anyone else. And I was thinking, so what's a God? Well, a God's anything you put first. So I'd ask you today, what's first in your life? What's first? Be honest with yourself. What's first? Because if you do not get this right... You will never get a handle on the heart thing. You'll never get a handle on your motives. Because whatever is first, whatever's most important, whatever's above everything else will determine the direction that you go in your life. And it'll determine the decisions you make. You know, Jesus said, don't worry about all these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will what? Will give you everything, everything, 
everything, not some things, everything you need. What dominates your thoughts? See, I'll be honest, sometimes I I look at believers and I do not see any difference between the way they're living and the way the world lives. You know, we're chasing the same stuff. We're operating with the same system and the same platforms in our life. And consequently, we're a little shocked because we have the same stresses, the same worries, the, the same problems that the world has. Jesus says, seek first God's kingdom. Make it above everything. Set your heart on what God wants and everything else will come together in your life. Do you get that? Blessed are the pure in heart. Why? Why are we blessed? Because we're not faking it anymore. We're not pretending anymore. For they will see God. It is the result of living a life with unmixed motivations. It's, it's the result of living for God in our lives. Pure heart, you get to see God. You see God in your life. You see God in your circumstances. You see God in eternity. Friends, pure heart is vital. It's important. It's why David prays this prayer It's an awesome prayer. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Some of you should pray that prayer today. All of us should, really, every day. Create in me a pure heart. You know, ask God to clean your heart. Ask God to renew your heart, to, to give yourself to God. And when you do that, God will give you a new outlook in life. He'll give you a new start in life. He'll give you a new life. And so today I wonder, what's the condition of your heart? You know, some of you, your heart's broken. It's hurting. You know, some of you, it's a hard heart. You know, filled with the bitterness or resentment. And you struggle. You know, some of you have, have a heart that, that's just got blockades all around. Some of you, it's a divided heart. You're trying to do everything. You can't do that. Some of you are trying to live one way on, on Sunday or when you're around other believers and live a whole different way through the rest of the week. You know, and some of you, you're trying to please so many people. Your, your heart's just a mess. Friends, isn't it time you just stop pretending? Stop pretending that, that God's first and actually start pursuing God with all your heart? Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. You want to see God work in your life? Pure heart. You want to see stress dialed down in your life? Pure heart. You want to quit struggling? Pure heart. 
pursue God. I challenge you today. As you go into this week to just go, you know what? Create in me a clean heart, Lord. Pure. Pursuing you. And, and just see if things don't dial down a little bit. Change. Let's stand, let's stand for a word of prayer. God, create a pure heart in us. And God, we all struggle on this front. There are times we, man, our motives are all mixed around. There are times we're pursuing what we want to pursue, not what you want us to pursue. There are times we put ourselves before you. We put something before you. God, forgive us. God, I pray that... uh, You'd just lay us bare before you. That we'd realize you you already know everything. That we'd just have an honest conversation. And seek your guidance, Lord. God, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your forgiveness. God, just may we see you work in our lives and in our hearts. May we surrender our hearts to you. Allow you to do those great things that you're more than capable of doing. We give you the glory. We give you the praise this day and every day. God's people said, amen. So we're what? Blessed. We're what? Blessed. We're what? Blessed. Do you know you're blessed? All right, let's 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 praise God today.